are you even Christ-minded enough to ask for forgiveness? To say, God, you know what? I missed it. I was wrong. Lord, help ask you to forgive me. That's one thing about David. That's why David, I believe, one of the reasons that why David was a man after God's own heart. He had a mindset to repent once he was found out. And he did. And he did some serious repenting in his life because he did some serious messing up. So you think you're messing up, you ought to look at David's life. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be Last empowered and equipped the with the rich word of God. Spirit-led saints operate in the power of the Spirit. Of course, our theme for 2024 is Spirit-led saints. Coming from Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, which reads as follows. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For as many as are led, when I say I'm led, that means you are guided as well as directed by the Spirit of God. These are sons of God. The saints who allow the Spirit of God to lead them, to guide them, and to influence them are considered sons of God or mature saints. Spirit-led saints are those who understand the power of the Word of God. But they also understand the power of temptation and sin and willing to yield their will to God's written and revealed word rather than to their fleshly or carnal nature. And we know that our flesh is a part of us that is not under divine influence. But spirit-led saints are those who embrace correction and embrace the Father's instructions. Therefore, we need the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to guide us on a day-by-day basis, an hour-by-hour basis, a minute-by-minute basis, a second-by-second basis. And as we grow and mature in God, we realize more and more we need to be guided by the Spirit of God. That's a sign of maturity when you're guided by the Spirit of God. So, therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to show us things and places and people, tricks and traps that have been set to steal, to kill, and to destroy us. Yet, maturity in God helps us understand that we need the influence of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost to teach us and to change us for the better. So, in turn, we don't fall for the enemy's devices, which is to kill, steal, and to destroy and so, therefore, we ch- as we are being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we change the way we think. We change the way our, we talk. And we change the way we conduct our lives to be more in line with Christ. No longer dominated by our flesh and by, our, by demon spirits, but we're dominated by the spirit of truth. That being the Holy Spirit who knows all and sees all. So, therefore, he can get us out of every trick and trap of the enemy. And as believers in Christ, we must continue to strive to operate, operate as well as function, as well as think and act in a manner that pleases our Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And the more that we operate in the, in the spirit of God, the more change we will see in us and others will see it as well. But the main one we want to see is who we want to see the change in us is Jesus. We want Jesus to notice or observe his character and his nature being established in us and growing in us. Therefore, we need God's written and revealed word to be taught to us in a manner that we can gain insight and understanding as well as instructions which are directions and orders on how to handle the blessings as well as the burdens of life. So in turn, we can see his nature and his character being established in us. We need the Spirit of God to show us what we need to do as well as not to do in our life. 
Therefore, we need to embrace instructions, insight, guidance, and influence that God gives us because he, we know that he desires the best for us. How many know that God wants the best for you? Thank God that he does. Amen. And the more I allow the spirit of God to clean me up, clean up my thinking, clean up my conversation, and clean up my conduct, we're going to see his character and we're going to see his nature in our lives. So therefore, we become more effective witnesses for Christ rather than one who lives for Christ on Sundays but live for the flesh or the enemy during the week. So therefore, God's written and revealed word is making me better if I allow it to do so. Again, but we're free moral agents. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose God or we can choose our flesh. We can choose to be guided by the Holy Spirit or we can be choose to guide it by our carnal nature. But it's a choice we make. And we make it on a day-by-day basis. So we must know that the devil is constantly watching, taking notes, and working to influence us because he knows there will be a wilderness moment in our lives as believers, a time where God's word will be tested in us. The devil seeks opportunity to lure us, entice us to the point that we can say and do things that are contrary to God's written and revealed word. God allows him the opportunity in our lives to tempt us. And you know what? I wish he would stop it, but he allows it to happen. He allows it to happen. If he allowed it to happen to Jesus, you know he's going to allow it to happen to us. So therefore, we see in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. We're going to look at spirit, how spirit-led Jesus the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Luke 4 and 1 says this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was filled. He was lacking nothing. He was complete. He was saturated with the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan. And so when they return from the Jordan, I think that's an important point. I didn't go over last week, but I want to kind of mention to you briefly. Why or where did he return from when he says to Jordan? If you don't mind, flip back to Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and verse 22. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and verse 22. Why is Jordan so important? Those what it says. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. Woo, what a powerful statement. Jesus came, amen, and he was with John the Baptist, and then it was his turn to be baptized, and when he got baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Therefore, that we see now, he, since he came from Jordan, he is filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. woo So now... He's got the Holy Spirit in him. He's got the Holy Spirit operating in him. And so we see the next thing we want to read here, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Let's go back to Luke 4 and 1. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led. He was directed and guided to a specific point. And so he was led into the wilderness. Two things we want to look at. In this particular verse, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, point number one. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that happening back in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and verse 22. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it wasn't just the dove landing upon him. It was power landing upon him. It was the anointing landing upon him. It was love landed upon him. It was influence landing upon him. It was strength landing upon him. It was a 
humility landed upon him. And the same thing that God did for Jesus there is he can do it for us today. Mm, he can do it for us today. And those, even when you see over in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible reads as follows. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Isn't that what Jesus had? It came upon him. Same thing happening to Jesus can happen to us today. We can have power that comes upon us. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And we can be a witness. We can be an example of the proven faith of God. We can be a representative of Jesus in Villarica, in Temple, in Carrollton and Douglasville and Hiram and surrounding areas because why? He has filled us with his spirit. He has filled us with his spirit. He's given us power. He's given us strength. He's given us influence. He's given us ability all coming from the Holy Spirit. And, then, and why does he give it to us? One reason is to be a witness. God doesn't just give you power just to do what you want to do. He gives you power to fulfill his will on the earth. And he knows what you need in order to fulfill it. But he also gives us power to deal with everyday life. To deal with the flesh, to deal with demon spirits, to deal with, with the decisions you have to make, to deal with your job, to deal with your business, to deal with family, to deal with finances, to deal with everything in your life. God gives you the Holy Spirit in order to deal with it. Uh, we also see this in John 16 and verse 13. The kind of let's go to John 16 and 13. See, this is the kind of power that John talks about in John 16 and 13. That being the spirit of truth, power that comes to God to teach as well as to influence us to, to fulfill his will. John 16 and 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So when he, the spirit of truth, has come, and what do we mean by the spirit of truth? He tells us what is true in any matter or circumstance. He will guide us. He's going to teach us. He's going to direct us. He's going to also develop our character and behavior. So in turn, we can see his nature and his character coming to pass in our life. Like we talked about earlier, he's going to lead and guide us into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Woo, isn't it good to know that God will tell you things to come? Woo, he, now, now, we can ignore when he tells you that, but he did tell you something about to come. And so we know that God is a man that fulfills his word. And so he has fulfilled it in our lives. He fulfilled it in Jesus' life. Jesus was also filled with truth. That which is true on any circumstance, whether it's spiritual or natural matters. And then the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He comes to lead and guide us into all truth. He, he does not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he promises to show us things to come. The second thing we see in Luke 4 and 1 is this. He was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was Spirit-led. He was directed by the Holy Spirit into a place it would be considered desolate and lonely from a natural perspective. But it was the destination of the Spirit for this season in his life. See, the wilderness is a place that require, uh, requires us to mature. We have to grow up so that we are able to put God's word into action. And even today, you may be led to a wilderness in your life, but it's a place where you got to grow up and know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. He got, He knew where he was leading me when he leading me. And so I, I can't be buying the devil talking about, oh, the devil didn't lead me here. No, spirit of God led him here. He spent him here. And so when we speak his word and trust the power of his word, we can become more like spirit-led saints. 
Therefore, I have to ask God for his power to be released to my life in a manner that I'm able to deal with people and pressures that come to rob me of my joy, my peace, my strength, and so, and so forth. Therefore, I need a surge of his power to help me to say yes to Jesus and no to my flesh. Yes to Jesus and no to carnal nature. Yes to Jesus and no to the enemy. Because I know he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. I got to say no to him. But you know, it, let me say this to you uh, so you'll understand this. Uh, like everybody needs to understand this point. Sometimes it's not easy to tell the devil no. Because he's going to give you stuff that you like. He's going to give you stuff that you like. Now I know some of y'all say, well, I can say no to this and I can say no to that. Hey, but I'll be real talk. Pastor Dobbs sometimes, hey, sometimes it'd be like, oh, oh. Why? Because it appeals to my eyes. It appeals to my flesh. It appeals to what I like, my senses. And so, therefore, sometimes I'll be like, no. Oh, no. Mm, no. Oh, no. 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 But you got to be firm with the devil. You got to be firm and tell him no. See, now, the wilderness, in my opinion, is designed to reveal to me how much of God's word is in me. Am I a hearer and a doer of the word of God? Or, or I just hear it and then let it pass me by? The wilderness will, will teach you that. The wilderness will teach you that. And I'll be honest with you, I've had to repent in the wilderness more times than I, had, I hate to admit. I've had to repent in the wilderness. God will say, hey, you need to do this. Oh, I got it, God. I got this together. Oh, got in that wilderness? Came out to, oh, I'm sorry, God. I, I should have listened more. I should have studied more. I should have prayed more. I should have gave more. I should have did this and that. Why? Because I was in the wilderness being tested. I was in the wilderness being tempted, uh, tested. So we see in Luke 4 and 2 that the devil was waiting to have this opportunity at Jesus, just like he's waiting to have an opportunity at us. And at times, our flesh, that part of us that's not under the divine of influence of God, could be possibly assisting the devil. Notice Luke 4 and 2, being tempted for 40 days. 40 days. And in those days, he, was, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So Jesus, in Luke 4 and 2, being tempted, he was being, his character was being tested. Uh, he was under the influence of evil for 40 days. Not by somebody who was not an expert at tempting people. The devil is an expert at tempting people. He's an expert. And in those, days, he, in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. He was in need. He craved food. He wanted something. See, the enemy seeks opportunity to see if, if we are who we say we are. Are we Christ-minded? Are we saved? Are we spirit-led? Are we, le are we led by feelings, emotions, and moods, and so forth? And see, the enemy comes to test us to see where we are and to reveal where we are. And the question comes up sometimes, are you even Christ-minded enough to ask for forgiveness? Mm -mm. To say, God, you know what? I missed it. I was wrong, God. Lord, help ask you to forgive me. That's one thing about David. That's why David, I believe, one of the reasons that why David was a man after God's own heart. He had a mindset to repent once he was found out. He did, and he did some serious repenting in his life because he did some serious messing up. So you think you're messing up, you ought to look at David's life. I'm going to all that. See, that's for we need God's written and revealed word in our response to life, finance, relationships, and the workplace and so forth. Will we do it our way? Say a few positive words and hope for the best. The devil came for Jesus and Jesus gave him the word with authority. Gave it to him with power. Gave it to him with the anointing that made a difference. He didn't say a few words. Say, boop, be gone. He knew what he was saying and he knew what he was doing. The devil came for Jesus. We know he's coming for us. Yet Jesus was ready. Glory be to God. Remember that he was filled with the spirit. Just like we read in Acts 1 and 8, John 16 and 13. Uh, Luke 3, 21, 22, he was filled with the Spirit. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
John 16 and 13, having when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I'm going to go back again to Luke chapter 3. I thought this is very important that we understand where the spirit came from and when it came. Luke 3, 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. That's powerful to me. Jesus getting ready to be baptized. You look up there, the heaven opened. It's like if we, uh, something happened right now. I pray, don't know. This roof opened up. Woo! Wouldn't that be something, y'all? I'm like, but I pray he put it back together, though, if he do open it up, y'all. <laughs> and then verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice from heaven which said, You are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So the Holy Spirit comes. And see, this message showing me I need to ensure that I'm saturated with the Holy Spirit. I need to be saturated. I need to be soaked in the Holy Spirit on a day-by-day basis. Saturating the Holy Spirit suggests I'm soaked with his presence. I'm soaked in not only his presence, but I'm soaked in his word. I'm being guided and influenced by him. He is influencing me, teaching me, loving me, and correcting me. The Holy Spirit will get us right and ready to deal with the tricks and the traps of the devils, the demons, and our flesh. The Holy Spirit comes to give us power, power that brings about a change, give us access, give us favor, resources, influence, strength, and ability. But it's up to me to ask him for this power and to receive it as a part of my life. Knowing that my life is going to change for the better. We remember Luke, Luke 11, 11 and 13. How, excuse me. How, let's go to Luke 11 and 13. I want to misquote Luke 11 and 13. Let's go there quickly. Luke 11 and 13. Because I want to see how we get, one way we get the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who ask him. You got to ask for the Holy Spirit. See, we can have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, but not operate in its fullest capacity. For example, I know some of you got your cell phones in front of you. Look at it real quick. Check it out for a moment. The cell phone has power. The cell phone has access to information. The cell phone has ability. That cell phone that some of you have in your hand right now, it, it, it can make phone calls. It can call anybody in the world. As long as they got a phone, they can access it. You can search the World Wide Web, www, World Wide Web. Get in, information from all over the world. You can transact business over your phone. You can order stuff over your phone. And you know what? It'll come to your front door, too. You can have an app, and it'll poop, there it is. Two days later, one day later. Sometimes you order the same day. It'll be sitting right there in front of your house. Right of your house. All you need is a good credit card, boy. As long as that credit card is good, it'll come to your house. Mm-hmm. You can meet people that we call friends, make comments, share opinion, watch YouTube videos like Heaven Bound. I get away, man. Let me try that again. You can watch YouTube videos like Heaven Bound. You can listen to podcasts like Heaven Bound. All right, thank you, thank you so much. You see, it's up to how you use the information you got. See, nobody makes you do anything. The cell phone's just there. My cell phone's sitting in the back right now. You know what? I hope it ain't walked away from where I've said it. At. But it's still sitting there. But it's up to me how I use it. It's up to me how I use it. It's up to me how I use it. I can make comments, share my opinion. Some people can work and transact business from the cell phone. Cell phones can be a babysitter, distractor, and some of our kids know more about our cell phone than some adults. Why? Because they spend time with it. They, they're not afraid to go and try an app, pull down an app and try something and just start mashing buttons and all kinds of stuff. Some are like, I don't know what that is. They don't bother a child. That's it. I don't care what it is. Boom, there it is. You ain't careful. There'll be ordering stuff from your cell phone. It'll be showing up at your door. Who in the world ordered this stuff? 
<laughs> Why? Because they have access. What would, it, what would our lives be like, as well as our children's, if we spent time with the Spirit of God, like some of us spend with our cell phones, engaging him, embracing him, and being equipped and empowered by him? If we constantly had his word in our thoughts, conversation, and choices, uh, what would we be at? See, phones can be used for good, or it can be a distraction. You choose. You know, your TV is good, but it can also be what? That's a distraction. That's where God puts things in front of us. He don't make you do it. It's up to you. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. It's your free moral agents. You got to choose how you're going to use the tools in your life. Or for good, or will there be a distraction? My prayers will begin to spend more time and more more time with Jesus to the point that we're saturated with his power in his word so that we can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. Speak to the mountain and be removed. Cast our cares upon the Lord with confidence, knowing that he cares for us. Cast our demons. Exercise the word of God in our lives. See, our maturity in God will cause Jesus, our maturity in God will cause Jesus to begin to see his nature and his character in us, and he'll begin to see that we're being led by the Spirit of God. We are spirit-led saints, according to uh, Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Hallelujah. Woo! They are sons of God. Now, before I go into back to the scripture, I'm going to give you one more before I go back into Luke chapter 4. I want you to understand the purpose of the enemy. Because remember, the enemy came, or the devil came to tempt Jesus for a season. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Bible says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. See, the enemy seeks opportunity. He's not a novice. He's not an inexperienced uh, person or force. He came for Jesus. He'll come for us. Now, technically speaking, the devil don't come, but the demon spirits come. His demon spirits will come for you. Most times, we don't deal with the devil. Those are, that's a whole different realm. But we deal with demon spirits. And so we need to know that they will come after us. They will come after us. So therefore, we've got to be in a position where we are not taking it for granted. Not talking about I'm the devil boss. I'm the devil boss today, but he'll, he'll wait three, week, three years and come back at you the same way. You need to understand that he come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to destroy. He's the thief. He's the thief. He doesn't care how long you've been saved, been in the church, and such like. His desire, his, his MO, his motive, motive operation is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Steal our dreams, our goals, and aspirations in life. Steal our self-worth. Steal our confidence. Kill our desire to live a holy and consecrated life. Destroy our testimony and witness for Christ. He came to steal, kill, and destroy so notice what he does when it comes to Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 3 and 4. I kind of divide these up into the, the each. There's three different temptations, but I want to kind of divide them up for time's sake because if not, I'll be here until uh, Wednesday when y'all get ready. Y'all say, well, it's Wednesday night, y'all let go. <laughs> so let's go to Luke. I want you to notice the latter part in, in verse 2. Latter part of verse 2, when they had ended, he was hungry. The enemy will come after you when you're hungry. Hungry for, not, I'm not talking about necessarily hungry naturally. I'm talking about hungry spiritually. Hungry because you haven't ate the word of God in a while. Hungry because you're weak at that moment. You're hungry and you're weak. You got to watch out for the enemy when he comes after you when you're hungry. He'll give you, put anything in front of you. But let me say this to you, just don't eat anything. Just don't eat anything. Understand what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. And understand when the enemy is trying to put something in front of you that doesn't belong, that does not belong in your life. 
So I'm going to look at, first of all, 3 and 4. Luke chapter 4, 4, verse 3 and verse 4. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command that this stone, this stone become bread. But Jesus answered him, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Interesting request there. He said, command these stones to become what? Bread. Now, let me say this to you. You will not probably get that request in your life. Because why? You ain't got the power to turn a stone into bread. But this is the thing. Jesus had the power to do that. Jesus could turn a stone into bread. That's, that's nothing for God. But see, the question is, who was asking him to do it? You got to ask yourself, who was asking me, who's telling me to do these certain things? One of the tricks of the enemy, and I was studying this, and I was like, ooh, this, that's, that's pretty good, God. He'll get you to do something that seems innocent that will lead to something that will take you down a dark path. See, turn a stone into bread. You don't find any scripture in there talking about thou should not turn stone into bread. Well, I haven't found one. I put it to you like that. So it wasn't like it would have been a bad thing, but who, where did it come from? Where did it come from? I mean, you're not going to be asked to turn no stone into bread because really you ain't got the power to do it unless Jesus give you the power to do it. But he was asked to turn stone into bread, and he could have done it. So when the enemy comes after you to tempt you, it's always something you can do. It's always something you can do. Why tempt you with something that you ain't got no access or no power to do? You need to understand that when he comes, he's coming after something that is you can do. And he'll start off innocent, but it'll lead to something more deadly. Now, I'm going to give you a quick story. I, re I ran, ran across this story last night. Um, I had taken a break from study, and I was kind of glancing over some old emails. And, and this story came across, and it, and it didn't say this exactly, but it brought, I believe the Spirit of God wants me to share this with you because it gives me more access or thinking about what could, this could possibly be. There was a man, and I'm, I'm not going to all the details because it was, you know, probably, well, it wasn't that long, but it was long enough. This man started sending these texts to his coworker. It was a female. First, they were innocent. But then they started changing. They started getting more provocative. He started saying things that he shouldn't say. Now, what the, the thing was, when he first did it, it was innocent. And this is what God was saying. See, the enemy was, was get you to send a text to somebody. Now, you, you ain't saying nothing wrong. You, you send the scriptures. You send it, hey, encouragement. And all of a sudden, it, there it is, bro. It started to change. And you start to do stuff that, oh, it started going down a dark path now. It ain't going to be nothing. Because he said this took like months to happen. So it started out very innocent, but then it went to a dark place. To the next thing I know, he was in marriage counseling. It started out, like I say, innocent. But see, you know what, what, what reminded me of, though? I believe the devil told him to do it in the first place. He said, hey, this is, this is innocent. This is innocent. Got, see, and you got to be careful. You got to ask yourself, whose voice am I hearing? The Bible says, the voice of a stranger I shall not follow. And I said, and I was questioning, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you hearing? Whose voice is giving you the instruction? Even though it seems innocent, he can, make, he can take it to a dark place. He can take it to a dark place. And he said, the devil, the slanderer, the false accuser, said to him, if you are the son of God, command or say the stone, stay, say this stone to become bread. And Jesus said, notice how Jesus responded. It is written. Woo, glory be to God. And this is how you got to respond to the devil. And let me say this. If it is God, he'll correct everything else out. You can't go around there and, well, I'm not sure it's God. Start quoting words. It'll reveal itself. Just start quoting scripture. It will reveal itself. It will reveal itself. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, 
by, by every word of God. Now, interesting, he was hungry. Y'all remember in verse, in the verse 2? He was hungry. He had an appetite. He craved food. And what did the devil tell him to do? Turn the stone into what? Bread. But who did, who, what was the source? What was the source? It was the devil. And so you got to be careful, even though it may start out looking innocent. And listen, you didn't see no uh, uh, where it says don't turn stone into bread. But who did it come from? It came from the devil. So you got to be careful that you're not your spirit led and not led by the devil. Because he come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to destroy. Notice how Jesus responded to him. He responded with, it is written. I'm giving you information. I'm giving you guidance through the written and revealed word. Living, being defined, this is it. You got to live by the word of God. You got to be, you're blessed by the word of God. You got to increase by the word of God. You got to have productivity by the word of God. That life that gives you power, strength, and ability, and the ability to tell that devil, no, even though you're hungry. Even though he's satisfying the need that you got in your life, he still had the ability to tell the devil no because he operated in the Spirit of God. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. If we, if we were that hungry, could we have lasted like that? That's how powerful Jesus was. And he says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hey, I've got to live by the word of God. You know, Jesus fasted. Jesus was fasting. Let me say this to you. When Jesus fasted, he put his flesh under subjection. He put his flesh under subjection so he could tell the devil no when he came to tempt him. And we got to learn how to put our flesh under subjection to tell the devil no when it comes to tempt us. Because he can bring something that seems innocent, but it could be at the wrong turn at the wrong time. Then he goes on to say here, let's go to uh, 4, chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. Then the devil take him up to, on a high mountain, show him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, will be yours. Look at the devil, boy. Notice verse 8. And Jesus answered and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. Notice how he said it. In my opinion, he said it like, get thee behind me, Satan. For it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God. Him only you shall serve. Well, you can, sometimes you got, have, you got to talk with authority with the devil. Woo, you got to talk with authority with the devil, boy, because he will come at you. He will come at you. Notice this, this one here. The devil take him up on a high mountain. Show him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I thought about that. He didn't have a TV. He didn't have a VCR. Excuse me, a camera. He didn't have uh, a, a widescreen. So he used some sort of supernatural way to show him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. But notice what he offered him when he showed it to him. Authority and power. Authority. What's authority? Excuse me, authority and glory. Authority is influence, power, and privilege. He offered him influence, power, and privilege. Isn't the devil doing the same thing today? He's offering people a false sense of influence, power, and privilege. And not only that, he's offering him glory, praise, and honor, and, and, and a glorious condition and majesty. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now, some people think he was talking about, historians of some theologians think he was talking about the time that when Adam lost or sinned in the Garden of Eden, and he messed that up, and he got the power. They think he was talking about that power then. Whatever the case is, this is what he offered him. Now, I need to tell you something before. I, I meant to tell you this earlier. Man, I forgot to tell you this. This is important. When Luke, listen to this carefully. When Luke wrote this, he was not there when all this took place. 
He had, Luke got this from Jesus himself or the Holy Spirit. You know the devil would, didn't give it to him because the devil would have lied the whole way through. His story would have been, he made himself look good even though he got whooped by Jesus. Luke was not there, y'all. He had to get this directly from the Lord himself. So when you read this, you read this, don't read like Luke was there watching like they do on those reality shows. No, Luke was not even there. It was just Jesus and the devil, the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you read this, hey, don't, don't nobody know what happened except if you were there. And if you were there, you realize, hey, Jesus said he offered me authority and he offered me glory. He offered me the influence, power, and privilege. And he also offered me glory, the praise, and the honor, and the majesty. He offered all that to me. He offered that to me. And, and you, you know that Jesus gave him an accurate account of what had happened. Accurate account of what has happened. You know if he offered it to him, he offered it to him. And then he says this. Go read this. And the devil said, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I'll give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. For it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. That's how Jesus responded. He said, listen, Luke, write this down. This is how I responded to the devil when he came to me like that. He offered me authority. He offered me glory. But I said, get behind me, Satan. You know, that had to be a powerful thing happening right there. That he offered him all that. And Jesus said, no, mm-mm, no, mm-mm. He begins. Now, let me say this. When you look at this particular text, the devil taking him up to a high mountain. He's taking the lead, and he's taking him to a high place. And if you're not careful, and this is what I thought about too. He let him take him to a high place. He knew where he, Jesus knew where he was going. He just he knew where he was going, but he let him take him there. And then he, he, when he took him there. He showed him or exposed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. Be careful what people expose you to. We, I know I, I, this is not my original saying, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Be careful what you get exposed. Be careful who offers you these fancy gifts and so forth and, and so on. Offering you a influence and power as well as glory. Be careful about these individuals. And then in verse 7, therefore if you worship me, but it came with a price though. You worship me. You kneel. You pay homage to me. You express, express respect to me, the devil. All will be yours. The devil wanted Jesus to bow down to him. To worship him. He wanted Jesus to reference him and respect him. He wanted, the, he wanted uh, the devil to worship him. The devil wanted, the devil wants us to serve him and worship him as well. He wants to dominate our lives through jealousy, envy, bitterness, worry, frustration, chaos, confusion, lust, lack, you name it. He wants to rule us in these things. But Jesus being filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit, our perfect example, he said, it is written. I like the first part of verse 8. Get behind me, Satan. Sometimes you got to tell that devil to get behind you. Even though he offers you something that looks good. Therefore, you got to know the source. You got to know the source. I like what Abraham said. Abram said, nobody made me rich but God. You got to know who is making you rich. You got to know who's going to be providing every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You got to know. You got to be able to discern. Just can't go, hey, it's shiny, it's nice, I'm going to jump or get or whatever. No, you got to know where it comes from. You got to know where it comes from. And let's look at the last one here. The last temptation, 9 through 12, I believe. Then he brought him to Jerusalem set him on the pinnacle of the temple. You notice how Jesus, I mean, excuse me, yeah, that the devil's taking Jesus to a high mountain, now he's taking him to a, 
a, a pinnacle of the temple. He had tried food. He had tried, you know, the glory and the authority. And now he's taken up to the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, throw yourself down. Isn't that so? Throw yourself down. Throw yourself down. For it is written. So you, you need to know the devil knows what's written too. Y'all know that, right? I mean, we're not novice of that. The devil knows what's written too. He should give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they should bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said, It has been said, you should not tempt the Lord your God. And sometimes you got to be just that matter of fact with the devil. You go, you're a matter of fact. Hey, you should not tempt the Lord your God. You shouldn't tempt him. You shouldn't tempt him. Because, hey, he, and he will tempt you too. He will tempt you. He's going to try to prove your character. We talked about your nature. We talked about your character. He's going to go after that. 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 He is going after that. And then it goes on here in verse 13. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Notice this. He says he's departed, but don't mean he ain't coming back. He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a door. You know what the Bible says? He's seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking whom he may devour. You have to keep, you have to be just ready. Ready. You just have to be ready. That's how Jesus was. But notice why he was ready, though. He was led by the Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was saturated. And you know he was the Word made flesh. So you know he had the Word operating inside of him. And then what I like about this text, verse 14, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. You know, Jesus went into the desert or to the wilderness with power, and he came out with power. He went in there with power, and he came out with power. And we can be just like that today. We can operate in the power of the Spirit. Because God will give you time to get ready before your temptation or your test comes. But you got to take advantage of the opportunities to get ready. You got to pray. You got to seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Listen, you got to prepare yourself before you run into the enemy on your job, before you deal with him. Amen. Your fin those finances coming at you, got to, got to be ready before the enemy tries to bring up a sickness or disease, you got to be ready. One thing I, 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 that really stood out to me, and I want y'all to really understand this, Luke did, was not there when this took place. This account, in my mind, in my opinion, came straight from the Lord. He told Luke, exactly what to write. He told Luke exactly what to say. He told Luke exactly what scriptures to use. He told Luke exactly what the enemy was up to. He told Luke exactly what he took him to. He said, Luke, he brought some bread out before me. He said, he said, listen, turn this bread, excuse me, this, give me a rock before me, and said, turn this rock into bread. And you know what? I was hungry too. Because I've been fasting 40 days. And then he took me to the high mountain and showed me all the kingdoms of the world, giving me authority and, and power. He promised me all this stuff, but I, I knew he was lying. And then, I, then he took me to the pinnacle up there in Jerusalem, and then he did this right here. And I overcame him. I overcame him, Luke. I want you to share it so people here at OCC would know. I overcame the devil. You can overcome the devil too. I, I want you to write this down because I know Brother A is dealing with something on his job. Sister B is dealing with something in her home. Sister 
D got a report from the doctor. Listen, Sister F got something going on with her family. Sister G got something going on in her life. And I need them to know that I will never leave them nor forsake them. I got power to overcome the adversary. I got power to overcome the enemy. I want them to operate in the power of the spirit. And just like I walked out of that situation in the power of the spirit, they can walk out in the power of the spirit as well. They can walk out in the power of the Spirit. And God will give you the victory, just like he gave us an example here in the scriptures. He gave us that example. And remember, he was Spirit-led. He was full of the Holy Spirit, saturated with it. And he used the Word of God to overcome the enemy. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. He was trying to give him power. He got fame and power just by his teaching. As he went to the synagogues to teach, devil give you false power, but God will give you real power. That will be pleasing to you. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.